Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I bring on Freddie Fry, who is a hip-hop motivational speaker. And that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? And for anyone who kind of follows the same kind of material as me, the first person I ever heard called the hip-hop preacher was Eric Thomas. But Freddie has his own stance and Freddie is actually a hip-hop artist. But what I really enjoyed about Freddie's story was his whole transition and how he went through life. And he was presented with many opportunities early on in his life, which we speak about, where he didn't bite the bullet. He didn't take that chance. And how I've said on previous episodes, we need to start now. We need to prepare ourselves for when opportunities arise. Sadly, Freddie wasn't ready. However, life is a great teacher and life taught Freddie so, so much that throughout his experiences, he's now in a much better place, not just spiritually, but also physically, mentally, and also financially. And also, this is one of the first episodes where we actually had some hip-hop rhymes and he tells his story on a few occasions of his story and he paints a picture of pain, adversity, and just real authenticity. So I certainly urge you all to follow his journey after this show. It's incredible. I've been following him myself on Instagram as you as you've probably all seen. He's an incredible human being and he's also had 120 million views on his videos across social media. So without further ado, let's get this interview on the way. So Freddie, how are we doing today? Man, I'm great. How about yourself? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I've had to get Freddie out of bed a little bit early. He is a late grinder, but I truly appreciate his time. So if you wouldn't mind, if you can kind of tell us a backstory, a little bit about you so we can get to know the person that you are and basically what brings you here today. Yeah, man, excited to do it. And again, man, I no problem. I'm getting up early. I'm, I'm a grinder and grinders go to bed late and they wake up early. And that's how you get to that next level. You have to be crazy with the things that you do. Mm. And people have to look at you like, man, how do you do that? That's phenomenal that you do that. So no, about me, man, I'm an overcomer. And so my whole life's work is, is helping people transform and overcome to become the best versions of themselves. And I tell people all the time, if I was able to do it coming from where I came from and get to another level of what people perceive as success, because success is very subjective, then then anybody can do it. You know, any of us that are that are succeeding or not, we're not Martians, we're not from another planet, we're regular human beings. You know, my my situation is hey, I grew up, my mom passed away when I was four years old. And after a series of crazy events in my life, I finally woke up later on in life and uh, was able to to make the necessary adjustments and changes to put myself in a position to win. And now I'm here trying to help everybody make every day of their life a Wednesday. And it's W-I-N-S. We're trying to win. Win the day so we can win in life. Absolutely. I love that message. Uh, firstly, I'm sorry, obviously, to hear that you had such a horrific loss so early in your life. That's probably made you the person that you are today in terms of you sound like somebody who's a very selfless person. And I love that phrase that you said, you're an overcomer. 
that's beautiful. It's, I've not actually heard that from anyone before. And your passion or your purpose is to help people become the best versions of themselves. So what else is there about Freddie that maybe the world don't necessarily know? You know what? I'm going to give it to you in hip hop. I'm going to give you my story in a hip hop verse. Is that okay? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let me tell you my story. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell your great listeners of this podcast my story. This is what happened to me. I tapped into my wildest dreams of being great. Demons through the hook, I almost took the bait. Was hungry for success but couldn't get a plate. I wished for greatness early but my genie only granted late. Mama sick. Doctor's diagnosis faulty. Prescriptions messed her kidneys up. That still haunts me. They told her not to have me, but she wouldn't abort. She said, no, even if it cut her life short. I'm in the car with mama slumping, daddy speeding. Her final breath was taken, left my heart bleeding. Age four, my mommy got her wings early. I still question why she didn't live to see 30, y'all. Papa scooped me up and took me from that drama. At least it was until he met my stepmama. Crazy is, as crazy does, she took the cake. I broke down because I felt I couldn't catch a break. Another tale of a lost soul. Study said that I wouldn't live to be old. Shy boy, hoop dreams, world is so cold. They used to bully me, but then I finally struck gold. One, two, when you don't stop. I fell in love when I got introduced to hip hop. My new release, we all need a good release. When I put that pen to pad, it gave me total inner peace. So let me introduce the new me to me. Confidence erupted. I was truly thankful, blessed. No longer just a guest in my own mind. My friends, dig deep and you will find that greatness lives and you just go retrieve it in your mind. Keep pushing through. Be patient. It will happen in due time. See, the fish can only bite if you keep casting out your line. So believe in you. Block out the shade and let your sun shine on through. Because that's what I did in my life. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here obviously we can't see each other and I'm just like my eyes are closed so I'm a massive massive hip hop fan yes. probably my favourite music and it's probably something that I feel a lot of society misunderstands because I take some of my deepest meanings and when I blog or whenever I release a video or try and inspire people it normally comes from a lyric or a verse or something somebody just says and even in yours I could write stories from it where you've got yes. you've got your adversity and all of a sudden I mean I could write a whole blog out of that and that's yes. what I love about hip hop it speaks to you it's poetic and that, that was beautiful can I ask have you had songs have you recorded these are they public oh man this one right here I'm mm. working on a new project right now it's, it's called uh, The Push Through the project's called The Push Through and it's me and uh, me and my best friend for life. It's a guy named Daryl Davis. We, he's the Deekster. He makes the music. I write all the songs. Love that. I'm the original founding hip hop artist of Oklahoma. One of the original founding hip hop artists artists of Oklahoma. Wow. So that's a story within itself. You know, I was really really close to being a. I actually was a national recording artist when I was younger, but I was actually close to being a major recording artist. Mm. And I think when I was younger, I was like in control. I had a, I had a, I had a record label that I, I started in a distribution company. And we hooked up with a company out of Memphis, Tennessee called Selecto Hits. And uh, we had a national distribution deal. But to be honest with myself, I didn't jump. I didn't, I didn't totally go all in. I was all in like I wanted to really do it, but I didn't leave Oklahoma and go live in one of the major cities which I think would have put us over the top because we were able to accomplish a lot just out of Oklahoma. A couple of years ago, we went and performed in, 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 in Yokohama and in Tokyo, a couple of sold-out shows in, in Japan. 
But no, I have music all over. My my, my hip hop name is Player One Thousand, which means I'm a player of this game of life with a thousand ways to make a positive impact on the world. And uh, so yeah, no, no, I, we we put a lot of music out. But I, I started before I, I uh, gained custody of my children, and it was more profanity and it was more street hip hop, still with a message. And then once I gained custody and I started back later in life, it was all positive and motivational and empowering. So everything I release now is it's always going to be clean. It's always going to be you're always going to get some diamonds and some nuggets out of it. It's going to be something to help you grow and be a better person after you listen to it. I love that. I love that. And I think that's probably something that we don't have so much in the industry. I'm speaking like nope. I'm part of the industry, but I'm, I do follow it like massively. And to <laughs> yes. have that different spin on it. So you are actually so we spoke. Prior to the show going live, I was saying like, I, I love Eric Thomas. He's the hip hop preacher, but you are actually a hip hop preacher in terms of what you actually speak. You've got that hip hop in your blood. The talent is definitely there. I wish you all the best on your new project. It'd be brilliant to see you go in there. But I want to touch on something that maybe segues slightly to it. It's the fact that you never went all in on it. And just having that self-awareness to realize that actually you, you could have literally been that guy. And you never went all in on it. But um, I suppose that's a lesson for all of us in our lives because sometimes, and this is a premise behind this show, is we let our fears or our insecurities or just excuses, should I call them, stopping us from taking these opportunities. And I can definitely sense from you now, and obviously you're part of the Game Changers project as well now, where you are now literally grasping onto every single one of your opportunities. Definitely. Definitely. I See, what people don't know about me is that when I grew up, the problem was I was a shy and very introverted kid. And so I wouldn't even want, like, I was very smart. And so the teachers would always want me to answer questions. And I, if I had opportunity to decline, I would always respectfully decline because I hated being up in front of people. Mm. And what's so crazy, here's kind of what happened. I was watching TV, and back then we didn't have a whole lot of channels, but there was a show that came on this one channel called Night Tracks. And it would come on like late, like after midnight. And it played music videos. And so I just happened to be watching it one night and a music video from a group called Run DMC came on. It was a song called Rock Box. Yeah. And it just blew me away. I was just like gone. And so I found myself every week trying to find that Rock Box on that night track. So of course then, back then it was hard to find music. It wasn't no internet or anything like that. But it, it made me want to do hip hop. And so I, I asked my daddy to get me some music equipment and everything. And so I started rewriting Run DMC raps. Never with any intention of saying them in front of anybody because I was very, very shy and very introverted, like I said. But I had this guy named Ernest Walker come up to my house. I was just going into high school, ninth grade. And he said, man, I know you got this music equipment and everything. I know you've been writing raps. Our school is having a talent show. Why don't you be in it with me? And I was like, being a talent, you mean get up in front of people? I was like, no, that's a hard pass for me. You know, the next 14 days, this dude came over my house, knocking on my door. Man, you're going to be in a talent show with me. You're going to be in a talent show with me. I kept saying no, kept saying no. Day 14, I guess he took a different approach. He was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop asking until you do it. And stop acting like a punk. <laughs> and I was like, punk. <laughs> I ain't being no punk. <laughs> no, not your punk. I do it. You know. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I did it. Oh my god. I'm like, I committed to do it. And so, uh, long story short, it wasn't even a real talent show. It was just a tryout. So I got up there and I, I said I wasn't gonna rewrite a Run DMC rap this time. I was gonna write my own original rap, and I got determined and I practiced and I was in the mirror and I was prepared. I was scared, but I was prepared. And so that's a message within that. If you, you can be scared and have anxiety and have a little bit of fear, but if you prepare yourself, you're ready. 
you're, you're ready. And, and remember this, you, you're really not human if sometimes you don't have a little anxiety, you don't have a little fear. Yeah. Put on this earth to overcome our fears so we can become the best version of ourselves. So I closed my eyes and they threw the beat on. I took a deep breath and I said, call me Mr. Chiller, don't call me at all. Because when I'm on the mic, I'm standing tall. I'm five foot four when I'm talking to you. But when I'm on the mic, I'm seven two. <laughs> Love that. My whole life changed right there, bro. My whole life changed. I, 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 something overtook me. I, I, I was like, oh, my God, this is the, one of the best feelings I ever had in, wor- in the world. It was euphoric. And everything in my life changed. The confidence came. All the shyness went away. People started knowing me. I stopped getting bullied. And that, that was the start of, of, of what I was to do, you know. And so fast forward, when I had those opportunities to really step out and branch out, I didn't do it. I had a lot of success mm. without really stepping out and doing it the way I could have did it. And so fast forward, when I started doing the motivational speaking, the Make Every Day Wednesday videos, and signed up with Eric Thomas's uh, Breathe University, I would post my videos in Breathe University. And all of a sudden, Eric Thomas was liking my videos and sending messages. And so I had opportunity to go down to Atlanta for the Game Changers. And so Eric Thomas himself, he was up there speaking about it. And he said, some of you guys are really already ready. And I was sitting in the back with my wife, very back row. And he looked directly at me and he said, bro, I'm really feeling your stuff. And it was like the most real moment. I looked around, I looked behind me, was nobody behind me. He was talking directly to me in front of all those people. So it was time to sign up. And my wife was like, you really should do it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it because I didn't jump when I was doing my hip hop a long time ago. So I'm going to go ahead and take this leap of faith. And it's been amazing ever since. Things that have happened to me since, again, like I said, when you jump, when you take that leap, when the universe feels that you're ready, it will conspire to make things happen to show you that you made the right decision. And that's exactly what's been happening for me. Absolutely. And long may that continue. And I just want to say maybe, and again, this is me trying to always find the positive spin on anything that happens in our life. Maybe it's meant to happen for you now rather than then. And the yeah. chance that you never took it then, it's taught you so much that, listen, you ain't never letting this go again. So uh, hopefully it's here for a long time for you. But that, that's incredible. You, you also said some things there that I think I want to just reiterate just for the listeners is that you can be scared, but if you're prepared, then you're ready. And that's really important because similar to yourself. So I I, I would never want to rap because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I got myself into public speaking as I, um, as I started this podcast. I thought, look, I, I'm fed up of being that shy kid. I'm fed up of being the, the quiet one who only speaks one-to-one with people. So I went to Toastmasters which is kind of like um, where you speak, do a bit of public speaking. And the only thing that got me through the first few months was that I was just preparing a hell of a lot more than everyone else. So I knew I wasn't the most charismatic or funniest or whatever it was, but I had a message to tell and I always speak my truth. So I had stories and stuff that I'd always want to talk about. And I choked on the first one because I I got absolutely like so nervous. But the second one, it was kind of like an audition for the nationals. And as we were new members, they just offered us an opportunity. And I had this story I've always wanted to share. So long story short is I shared this story, but I was so prepared. I mean, I had this written down for about two years. Wow. And I got selected for the nationals. Now, given I don't even know how to public speak, and it's, not, <laughs> wow. it's not my thing. But the reason I say that story is because you, you hit the nail on the head there where you said you can be scared, but if you're prepared, you're ready. And I was actually ready because I knew my words off by heart. So even if I was going to stumble, I still knew what the next words were going to be. Yeah, come. that's good. That's good. I love that story that you just said there. And I just want to ask you something else that you touched on a few 
minutes ago actually i think it was towards the start of the episode which is about success being subjective what does success mean to you right this second success means to me is that i wake up every morning and i'm uh, it's not financial for me i've never been driven by money you know and a lot of people are driven by money and i actually have a business that i run it's called court time events i'm a i host youth basketball tournaments and uh and i had a business partner early on in the business and he was driven by money and success to him was was how much money you had in the bank and it was really hurting the business and i told him bro we can't keep can't keep chasing money because you're running all of our business away and so for me it's uh it's being fulfilled it's it's having a nice family it's you know being married to to a beautiful wife and making sure that i i take care of the household it's that. waking up every day with a peace of mind that I know that I'm attacking the world the way I need to attack it. And I'm helping people be better. I'm, I'm speaking to people every day about their problems. And whenever I'm able to have a breakthrough, somebody DM'd me uh, last week and was like, you know, I just want to tell you your videos and the conversations that we've had are really helping me change my life and helping me go to another level in my life. And that's what success is to me. Success is adding value and put myself in a position to leave this earth a little bit better than I found it. I love that. I love that. And I truly feel that message and the authenticity in what you just said there. And you can see that through your videos. So I was listening to um, How to Make Every Day a Wednesday videos and there's it's just that, that authentic wanting to just help people. And you, you've said it there. You want to help people change their lives. And I think that's where fulfillment and happiness comes. But sometimes we're in a society, especially if you've come from maybe a situation where you haven't had money, money almost becomes a thing that we're chasing in, in life. And we're losing focus and we're using the energy the wrong way. And I always try to say to people is sometimes we need to do a bit of self-reflecting mm -hmm. and we need to find out what actually drives us. I mean, for me personally, I could make £10,000 flipping a property. So I'm in real estate as a, as a full-time job or I could actually get those DMs similar to yourself for my podcast. And I get that from a lot of my episodes where people have literally said, it's just give me hope for the next day or yeah. actually I've taken this on board. And that for me is honestly the best feeling in the world. I don't get no money from it, but it's like, actually, this is what I'm here to do. And I, I truly believe in this project that hopefully in five, six years time, I can do it on a full time basis where I can just inspire people the same way you'll be inspiring people while you're on stage. And hopefully I'd love it if you get your music out there as well, because I think with those words, you can definitely have a positive impact on the world. Well, I think, you know, for us, sometimes to be emotionally rich, sometimes to be spiritually rich, sometimes to be mentally rich, mm. that's more valuable than anything because that will carry your lifetime. Because it, as we know, there are many people who have massive success and massive amounts of money and their health is not great or, or they're mentally not stable and they commit suicide and things of that nature because I, I believe, and this is not talking about people who have diagnosed or things that they can't control, you know, that are medical, not talking about people like that, but people in general who are normal, but just mentally never found that spiritual side of them to allow them to be able to function within the success you have to be able to function within within your success absolutely to where you when you get to the point where you can't walk down the street without people bombarding you you still know how to be okay in your skin i tell people one of my new things that i'm telling people is save a piece of your heart for yourself you know i talk to people all the time and they're just these relationships are just breaking them and people i call it a blindside breakup you with somebody whether it's 
whether it's a spiritual, whether it's a, a love relationship, a business relationship, or something happens and they're just broken. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you're an unbreakable spirit. But if you save a piece of your heart for yourself, you understand that people are human. People are capable of capable of doing things that you never would think they could do. Stop letting things that other human beings do surprise you. You know, I love what Eric Thomas says. He says it's not the fact, it's not what happened to you that broke you. It's the fact that you wasn't prepared for what happened to you that yeah, broke you. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. So I tell people all the time, I'm, I have a happy, I, I love my wife. Yesterday we celebrate our anniversary. But <clears throat> if something was to happen where she did something that, the unthinkable, you know what I mean? I'm, I would be able to still function in life because... I understand that she is still, she's still human. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't, I, so people have to understand that. Pour into your relationship, love the person that you're with or the business or whatever you're doing. Put, give everything you have, but save a piece of your heart for yourself. And that just means understand that people are human and they can and will make mistakes. Nope, nothing personal. You know what I mean? Nothing personal. I just, mm. You're just dealing with another human. Absolutely. I think that's that's beautifully put and that just shows that you're in a much, much better place yourself in terms of probably your journey and everything you've been through. Saving a piece of your heart for yourself. That's, that's a beautiful quote. And something that, as you said that, I just thought, because I, I tweet a lot and I just tweet not to kind of become an influencer or anything. It's kind of my thoughts to myself. And one of the things I tweeted recently was stop expecting you from others. And mm. because a lot, a lot of people, like you said, they'll hurt you because it all comes down to expectations. We expect people to be how we are or act mm -hmm. in that kind of way. And I think once you get rid of that and then you add on that other bit where you've mentioned the Eric Thomas bit, because I remember a specific podcast where he, he talked about the MS that his wife had been through and he says he's more prepared for it now. Like it would have mm -hmm. broke him 10, 15 years ago. And when he was saying that, and as I'm going through my own journey, it made a lot of sense. And you've just said it now to reaffirm it because as we level up and as we grow, it doesn't mean that if something, God forbid, happens to my wife, that it wouldn't hurt me the same, but I'm in a much stronger place. Yes. Emotionally, yes. spiritually, physically, all of that. And that's really important. And that's kind of what I want people to gain from this show. And obviously that's something that you probably, through your life experiences, managed to strengthen a lot more. Yes, yes. And I, I was speaking to someone yesterday and, and I was kind of explaining the same thing. And it was in his response, I thought was really powerful. He simply said, how? He said, how do I do that? You know, and I reaffirmed, I hadn't got quite to the part where, I, you know, just remind him that people are human. But I said, you just have to always remember that whoever you're dealing with in any capacity is just another human being. Yeah. And so, like you said, just because you wouldn't do something, that doesn't mean they wouldn't do something. And, and I have a song that's called uh, I'm Done. That It's actually out already. But it's a story of uh, basically it's a relationship, a guy and a girl in a relationship. Right. Well, the guy, no thought process of cheating in his mind, but he goes out with his guys and he had, this chick is all over him. Before it know, he knows that he's in a situation where he's about to cheat. He didn't go out with the intention of cheating, but situation developed. And then his, his girl came, actually got an intuition, came to the same club that he was at and saw him about to leave with this female whole bunch of mess happened the female had a, a friend a, a guy that was her friend as a kid called her out of the blue they like family in her mind they're like family well the guy has always wanted to be intimate with her she didn't even she she never thought of him like that but they hadn't seen each other in years but again he's like family they knew each other when they were the kids 10 11 
12 grew up together. So he calls her out the blue, and she's like, no, come on over, because she's thinking like they just friends. Of course, yeah. Husband's at work. He comes over. Next thing you know, they lock eyes, ain't seen each other forever. Intimate. They start getting intimate. Husband gets sick at work, intuition. Comes home, catches them. And so what I say that to say is that people don't necessarily have bad intentions. But situations develop that lead to things that they never would have thought would happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's why people, you have to just keep a little bit of your heart just for the human side of people. Save a little bit of your heart for yourself so you don't break when that stuff happens. You're going to feel it. You know what I mean? It's going to it's gonna hurt, but it doesn't mean you can't move on. You can't go on. Every it, Anything that can happen to you for the most part, you won't be the first person that it's ever happened to. So true. You know, so yeah. just, just, you know, stay ready. Stay prepared for life, man. Enjoy it. Live it. Don't hold back. And, and then don't hold it against somebody when they do it. Don't hold it against the next person. Each experience, each relationship, be find a way to separate it. I know it's crazy people do some crazy things <laughs> yeah. other people in life, you know. But you should realize each 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 relationship is is separate and just just keep striving and keep growing and keep learning and keep yourself in a position to win. That's all we try. That's that's my message. Try to win it. I absolutely love that message. And I think I'm glad you actually mentioned that song and you broke it down into that story because it reaffirms that initial quote that you said is save a piece of your heart for yourself and now that even makes more sense to me yes sir yeah absolutely fantastic so you're now in a, in a place where obviously your, your self-awareness is definitely on a much higher level your personal development you're in this space now where you're having a positive impact on people's lives what's a day like then for a motivational speaker like yourself you know for me because i'm unorthodox mm -hmm. is uh because I, I do so much you know i i actually edit some of my videos and uh, so I'll wake up typically on a Monday. I'm going in and I'm recording multiple videos. So I have a team and I record in a studio, it's a studio called House Recordings here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, a super engineer, a guy named Mark Bryan, he's actually blind. Wow. But he, man, he's, a, he's amazing. He is an amazing individual. He runs everything in his studio. He moves around and he's a powerful presence in my life. But his the music that he creates is phenomenal. And so he creates like most of my motivational music. Like I said earlier, my best friend Daryl Dijkstra, he creates my hip hop music. Mm -hmm. And so I go in every Monday and I record several episodes of uh Make Every Day a Wednesday. I record several voiceovers and I record uh I have one called a uh, Mental Morning Cup of Joe, uh Daily Diamonds that are shorter. And I record those, and he'll put the music behind them. And I have my videographer, a guy named Stephen Jones, and he comes out, and we just, you know, we just we we get the videos going, and then I'll get get home, and I'll I'll edit them, and sometimes Stephen Jones will help me edit them, and uh, you know, get everything loaded up. But I also coach basketball. I'm also a basketball coach, youth basketball coach, and I get to pour into to young ladies and help them become the best versions of themselves. And I was on the road in June and July. I had girls that are rising seniors, and they get to go play in front of college coaches to give them opportunity to go get college scholarships, basketball scholarships. And so I am just, I have a thousand things going on. <laughs> it's a crazy life. And that explains why you sleep late. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, well it's, it's great because you can tell everything that you're saying there. You're saying it with a smile because it's stuff that you enjoy. But one of the things that I loved and just picked out from that was your ethos is 
it's about winning and it's about putting yourself in the best position. What you've done there is you've surrounded yourself with a great team. So you've got Mark Bryant, you've got Stephen Jones, you've got these people around you who will plug into the bits to allow you to carry on putting the energy yes. where you're at your best. I think that's really, really important, especially because even myself, I went into like an entrepreneurial journey coming away from corporate and you realise that the quickest way to get to where you want to get to is to find like-minded individuals with the same kind of goals and dreams as yourself and then connect. Like you can't, you can't get anywhere like by yourself. Like even this connection with yourself now, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm grateful that you've, you're taking time out of your day to spend it here. But just connecting with you now, it's opened my network so much more. And hopefully I'll open your network as well through my listeners who will connect with you. And it's all about bringing that positivity, bringing back that community feel, if that makes sense. In terms definitely. of and then having a positive impact on the world, so definitely, that's definitely, beautiful. that's beautiful. Let me, let me, let me. I want to say this to 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 your entrepreneurs out mm-hmm. there, or anybody that's working a job that's that's uh that has this dream and has a passion, and of course, you know, we all have a gift to share with the world that we definitely need, and are thinking about making a change and 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 jumping and taking a leap. You know, I, I tell you, I have a, a company called Court Time Events. And I host youth basketball tournaments. Well, I started off from my coaching, from me coaching my kids, playing in other people's tournaments and just paying attention. Mm. Sometimes you're you're preparing yourself for your future every day of your life and you don't even realize it. Some, you just have to stop and pay attention. And so we played in, in a lot of basketball tournaments. And then all of a sudden, it just I started doing the math. I was like, well, God, this has 150 teams and we're paying X amount of dollars to be in it. And then he gets the concession and then he gets the parents and everybody pays at the gate. I said, this is a nice little, little income he's making. And so me and one of the parents uh, of the team that I coach, his daughter played on my team. We decided we were going to start hosting tournaments. There was a gap there. We were just following the other guy's lead, though. And so I did that for a few years and we were doing it and I made some contacts and I built relationships and I, I gained some experience, but I financially, I still was, I was raising my four kids. I was a single dad raising four kids and I still was broke. I was three months behind on my rent and we had a, a, a major issue. And at that moment in time, I made a decision that I was going to step out on my own. I was going, I was going to jump. I was going to take that leap, but it was, it was, it was three months before I did it. And so anybody out there that's working a job right now or even maybe you're in a partnership or something and it's not going the way you want to and you have a different vision, I would tell you right now, what do what I did. Start forming an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. I started forming an exit strategy. And so I started making sure I knew I, I, I gained more confidence. I gained more contacts. I made sure I could run the entire tournaments by myself. But the biggest thing that I did is I sat down, and you said this earlier, I sat down and I self-reflected, I self-assessed. And I said to myself, okay, if if I jump out of this situation, what problem can I solve? What's the problem? Okay, we're hosting youth basketball tournaments. Teams are playing. We're not getting as many as we want. I'm three months behind on my rent. So it's something that's not working here. And so I was a coach. So I knew all I had to do was ask myself questions as it relates to being a coach. What are my parents telling me? Well. Anybody that knows about youth basketball sports or tournaments, you know, you typically play Friday, Saturday and Sunday or just Saturday and Sunday. Sunday's typically church day, family day. People didn't like playing on Sundays consistently, but it was the culture. And so I said, OK, well, maybe I can try doing a Saturday only thing. Maybe that work where people don't have to play on Sundays. I can do one day shootouts where they play all the games on Saturday. 
Okay, that was the first thing. The second thing was, okay, well, we were trying to figure out what weekends people want to play on. I said, how about I stop worrying about thinking about what days people want to play on, and I just have a tournament every Saturday. Do it every Saturday, and then people can, you know, then, then people, if you can't play this week, you can play that week. And that was my thought process. And I said, okay, now let me add, last thing, okay, my partner was chasing money. We were losing teams because we weren't, we weren't providing excellent customer service. I said, let me base this thing off integrity. Let me have excellent customer, excellent customer service. Let me make sure that I'm real. The customer can have it their way. If they want to play two games, they can play two games. They want to play between 10 and two. They can play between 10 and two. I'm going to make it just, you have it your way. Very customer service and customer friendly. And let me tell you, when I rolled my model out, everything in my life changed. Mm -hmm. Best decision I ever made in my life. Everything changed. That was 10 years ago. And for the last 10 years, I've hosted a, a tournament every Saturday, just about every Saturday for the last 10 years. Life changed. I mean, you talk financially, emotionally, spiritually, it changed. And I'm just telling whoever's out there listening, pay attention to what's going on in your life now. What are you doing that could possibly become your world, that could possibly generate income on? Because the deal is, if you can operate in your gift and find a way to make a living at that, then you never work a day in your life. That's definitely putting yourself in a position to win. Jump, self-assess, figure out a problem you can solve, and go for it. That's brilliant. What we're doing today, we're preparing ourselves for our future. So mm -hmm. again, it comes back to that self-assessment. Like, If you want that exit strategy, which I wholeheartedly agree with you that you need to plan it you can't just all of a sudden say oh tomorrow i'm going to go do this if you plan it properly then you need to be looking at your life and seeing are these actions that i'm doing on a daily basis worthy of me achieving what you want to achieve so obviously you were learning this whole process you were understanding it from from almost like a spectator type of view and then all of a sudden then what you did is you went in there with your friend and you executed but one beautiful thing i liked what you did was obviously when you recognize that your friend was obviously thinking of it in a different way which again i'm not here to preach that some people right. shouldn't talk about money or whatever that's everyone's uh, choice but i again similar to yourself I, I love that you went with integrity and you went back to your values and your values were actually no this isn't why i want to do it and look how much different your life's just been now oh. you just said for 10 years you've, you're doing an incredible thing not just helping you financially and your family but you're doing something for the community like every week oh. oh definitely because you know so many of, of like you know where i grew up i grew up in the heart of north Tulsa, which is the hood it's the ghetto mm. okay mm. when i started off coaching I started with inner city boys. I started with inner city boys. I started coaching girls because I had daughters. I had three girls and a boy. So I started coaching my kids, my girls. But when I was coaching those boys, I used to have to go pick them up. I used to have to feed them. I used to have to come out of my pocket to pay for tournaments that I didn't have, but I did anyway. So I understand the plight of a lot of these coaches that are pouring into these kids. And all I ask those coaches, because I give them discounts, and sometimes I let them play for free mm. because I have a very diverse company. So I have all kind of teams that play with me, teams that are from wealthy backgrounds and teams from poverty backgrounds. And so I am able to really give back, truly yeah. give back. And there are a lot of teams out there that know that if they call me, I got them. I got you. I know I know what you're doing. I don't want you as a coach to have to come out of your pocket when I know you're not in a place to really be able to do that. But you're going to do it anyway. When you play with me, I'm going to show you some love. All I ask is that you pour positivity into these kids because there are times where I have to use my motivational speaking at my tournaments and I have to, I have to Freddie Fry somebody. I call it Freddie Fry. <laughs> I love that. You know, yeah. <laughs> Freddie Fry. Him. And I'm like, listen, coach, you, it's, all we're doing out here is that, uh, nobody cares who wins this game. Stop worrying about wins and losses. Okay? Worry about 
Where are you putting these kids? Are you putting these kids in a position to succeed when they become older? Don't miss out on your teachable moments because you, as a coach, referees make us mad sometimes. They do. They, they, they make y'all, you know, I coach. So I know I'm upset. I said, but those are teachable moments. You can turn to your kids and say, you know what? I feel like we're being treated unfairly. And really everything within me wants to really give that referee a piece of my mind. I really want to go off on them. But I'm teaching you guys how to deal with adversity right now. And what we're going to do, we're going to control what we can control. I can't control what he's calling or how she's calling a game. But what we can control is not turning the ball over. What we can control is our shot selection. What we can control is communicating and being good teammates. And that way I teach them how to deal with an adverse situation in a positive way. Not going off and cussing the referee out, which some coaches tend to want to do. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just teaching, 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 and always staying in teach mode and, and, and each one teach one and helping each other take a step up to the to another level. And those kids, they'll come back and say, you know, they'll be in some adverse situations. They'll remember, you know, what coach told me how to deal with this situation 10 years ago. Yes. You know, that's amazing. And the teachable moments, bit, I, I resonate so much with that. So I do this thing where if something bad happens, I always think what's the opportunity of growth or learning from that. Yes. But I, I just, I love that teachable moments thing. I'm sure that will resonate with so many people there. And sometimes we don't realize it's, it could be a simple word or a simple way that you act could then influence that person. And I just had somebody else on a podcast and he mentioned something really interesting. He called it a sacred wound. And he said it could be something that your parent or your father or your mother might have said something that could literally change your whole belief system and it could mm. impact your life. But what you're doing there is you're, you're changing it for those kids. So those kids are going to sit there and think, actually, how did Freddie react? Mm. So just changing that in itself. I think that's so beautiful because I'm a firm believer. Obviously, the older I get, the more I start looking around I watch what people do not necessarily yes. what they say and I know that's a cliche quote but that's where it all is and I watch how people treat the janitor for example or they how mm -hmm. they hold the do doors open for people who may not necessarily be a, a CEO and those are teachable moments so um, yes beautifully put I, I absolutely love that and just going on a bit of a segue was you ended on control the controllables and the adversity that's going to happen so what I want to do Freddie if I may is touch on an adversity part of the subject for your life so if you wouldn't mind if you could maybe pick out something in your journey where you went through some adversity and if you could just kind of give the listeners maybe the lessons that you learned from it in that moment or maybe in hindsight afterwards oh yeah let me see uh man it's been <laughs> honestly it's been so many i can imagine yeah it's been so many you know let's 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 go with uh okay so i was age 26 i had four kids mm -hmm. now where i'm from you never think as a man that you're going to raise the kids if the mom is around it's just how it is the mom's going to raise them grandma's going to help things of that nature and i was in what i call at that stage that stage in my life i was in my reckless phase i was still pursuing my hip-hop but i was in a reckless stage i mean and i was i wasn't doing things the way they need to be doing be effectively done so i was putting myself in a position to fail and so me and my kids were out. I get pulled over by the police. I got four kids in my car. They're, they're probably two, between two and six years old. And I had warrants out for my arrest. Took me to jail in front of my kids. So I'm sitting in a jail cell because I have warrants. I had to come up with the money to, they call it execution only. You can't get out until they, those warrants are paid or those tickets. They were fines. Mm. Wasn't thing, because I did anything illegal, but it was because I didn't 
take care of my responsibilities and pay my tickets up. And so I'm sitting in there and I just, I just like, Lord, I need, I need, I need your help. I said, I'm in, I'm lost right now. Mm. I can't seem to get myself right. I'm, I'm out here running around reckless. I'm doing things that I'm not proud of. And I, you know, I just prayed, just prayed. And I think I said, I said everything in motion for the next thing that happened to me to happen. And so shortly after that, I was, just went to bed. It was a normal normal evening you know the change didn't happen immediately for me but i woke up i woke up from that that morning and i was sweating i'm in the bed and i'm sweating i'm like what in the world is going on why am i sweating Mm. and i looked up and i just basically stared at the ceiling and it was like i was having an out-of-body experience because i knew i could clearly see all of the errors of my ways. I was a different person that morning. I was like, oh my God. I could see how I was messing my credit up. I could see how I was living reckless. I could see it all. And and, and the first thing that I thought in that moment, never thought, I never thought this before. The first thing that I thought was, I I, I got to get my kids. I said, I said, I got to get my kids. Oh my God, I got to get my kids. I got to gain custody of my children because I was living in a better place. I was in an apartment. I was, it wasn't, it wasn't the best apartment, but it wasn't a project. My kids were living in the hood, North, deep, turly. Gang banging was going on. People were getting killed. Drugs were being, it was a bad area. And so again, it comes back to me saying the universe will conspire to make things happen for you when it feels like you're genuinely ready for it to happen. Shortly after that, I get a call from their mom. She's like, you think you can keep the kids for a little bit? And I was like, yeah, I can keep them for a while because she was going through a rough patch. So I got the kids. Now, mind you, I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. I got four kids sleeping on a pallet. I'm stressed out, but they're totally happy. They're excited about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so we made it through a week, and then the mom calls me back. She said, I'm in a better place, you know, and I think that I can – get them back now. And I was like, okay, I'll bring it back under one condition. She was like, what's that? I said, if you call me again, I'm going to go ahead and keep them. I'll, I'll take custody of them. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I brought them back. Got a call from, from a friend of hers. And she was like, listen, you really need to get the kids. She is dealing with some tough stuff over there. The guy she's dating is, is doing this and things the kids don't need to see. It's a bad environment, bad area, bad situation. I was like, okay, I'm working on it. She calls me back a week later, asked me to get the kids again. And I said, now I told you I was going to keep them. Yeah. She was like, yeah, whatever. As soon as I got them, I went and withdrew them from the school that they were in. Black guy, withdrawing three kids. Mm. They were like, what the heck? You know, mm. I had no proof or nothing, but they didn't stop me. Got them out, got them in, in the good school system that I was living in, in the area I was living. She called me back a week later, asked me to bring the kids back. I was like, you know, they don't go to the same school no more. She was like, what? I said, well, I told you I was going to take them out of their school. And we had a long conversation. I was like, listen. I need you to understand I'm in doing a little I'm in a better a little bit better place than you. Take some time get yourself together. I'll got the kids. She reluctantly agreed. I call it I gained hood custody of them because we never went through a court system and I kept them the rest of their upbringing. But I knew I made the right decision because shortly after that the guy she was dating got murdered. And so that it, that part of my life just it one it taught me the power of prayer. And how you can sometimes put yourself in a position for things to change in your life just by being aware that something is not right. And for me, it was it was hard. Don't get me wrong. It was hard. 
But gaining custody of my children was one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life because it set the stage for me to be where I am today, the person that I am today. Absolutely. Wow. What, what a story. I was just going to say that experience right there during your reckless stage, it was your own teachable moment, wasn't it? Your very yes. own teachable moment. So I acknowledge you for sharing that. And, you know, you said it. the universe will work for you if it truly feels that you're genuinely ready. And what I love about that story, and again, this may be a stereotype and it's not intended to offend anyone, but you broke the cycle there. You know how you said at the beginning, age yes. 26, a black male with four kids, you're not expected to raise your kids. But what you did in that moment, in that teachable moment was so hold on a second, I'm going to change this. So mm-hmm. your, your one son will not grow up in the same way. Your three daughters will have enough respect for themselves to go out and get a guy similar to yourself who will have that same vision. And, you know, I love that story because in that, like you said, you transitioned your whole thought process in your life moving forward. And it is in those moments, those weird moments, how you were saying you were sitting there, you're thinking, shit something needs to change here that yeah we, that we can yeah. truly spin our life around but it, again it's, it's a choice isn't it and sometimes it is we don't it is and it's a hard choice. choice you know it's not it's not it's, it's not easy you know but you imagine if it was hard for me imagine how hard it was from them for their mom when she's in that environment you know what i mean she's living i grew up i grew up my whole life living in north Tulsa. so i knew the ins and outs of it i knew the good i knew the bad and but she was living even in even a worse area than where I grew up at, you know, and struggling financially. And and it's so it's amazing that us as men, yeah. we don't even think that we can actually keep the kids. And that was the that was the paradigm shift for me. I had never thought about keeping my getting my kill children and living and, and raising them, you know? And sometimes an idea is just something that's sitting in your brain and and all of a sudden it's like, oh, where's that idea been at? Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that. You know, and hey I tell my kids to this day, I said, I don't know how we made it through, but by the grace of God, we did, you know, because it was a struggle. It was hard. And and I coached basketball and I was the head coach. And and I and I put together a team that was so good. Like one of my daughters, kids, I got kids scholarships to, to Baylor University, to UCLA University, Tennessee University, Georgia, all for one team. But when they were in the sixth grade, we went to a tournament, an AAU tournament. It was 15 hours away from where I lived in Tulsa. And I literally couldn't afford to go. And we had to stri- scrape and scrounge and, and, and we, w- we were doing so good. I was so broke financially that we really couldn't afford to win another game because it would have meant that I would have had to spend another night, pay another night of hotel. That's how broke I was. But we found a way, though. We found a way to make it happen. And that's beautiful. And that, that should inspire anyone that if you got that will to win or that true desire to really change your circumstances... And um, just touching on also, I love the way you, you're not sitting here and you're, you're not pointing the finger or blaming like their mother, for example. What you've what you've done is you've showed the awareness that actually she was in a very, very bad environment and it was difficult for her to change. And there's, there's a great quote. It's been going around on Twitter a little bit, which is you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. Mm, that's powerful, man. It was beautiful. I mean, I heard that about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and then. It, it just hit me like how it's how it's resonated with you and that literally as you said that about your children's mother i was thinking that's bless her that's what she was going through yeah yeah well yeah and she and she grew up in in the projects and i mean it, so she it, you, you just do the best that you can Absolutely. you grow up in poverty your mindset is going to be poverty until until you make the choice and decision to try to break it and, and sometimes you're just not capable of doing it in that moment you know and it just took 
I don't know. I just always had a different mindset. And I would always bring that back to my mom. I feel like my mom was my guardian angel. You know, I grew up in a, in a rough environment. And I think any time that I was in a situation where something really, really bad could have happened to me when I was younger, I just feel like she reached down and moved me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and moved yeah. me and changed my mindset. But, you know, I, I'm writing a book right now. It's called Make Every Day a Wednesday. And it's just sharing all my stories and being totally transparent. And I try to be transparent to help people transform. Absolutely. And I just, just so people know that 80, 70% of my life financially, I, I, I didn't have. You know what I mean? I got later in life. I didn't get my college degree until I was 43 years old. You know, I didn't find court time event success until I was about the same age. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like, it's been a struggle. And, and, and we try to put these, these podcasts out and we try to reach and teach with our motivational speaking and our videos to help you gain what I call 2020 vision. And that's just the earlier in life that you see things clearer for your path to success, the earlier in life you'll be successful. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, I, lo- I love your message. I love everything that you stand for. And congratulations, firstly, on getting the degree at 43 because that's inspiring because I did a master's later and my brain just didn't work the way it used to work as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, uh, that's very inspiring that you did that. 100% after this show, let's definitely keep in touch because that book, I'm very interested because who doesn't want to make every day a Wednesday? And what I will do is obviously share that and I would definitely purchase that as well myself because I, I love everything that you stand for. So I'm really looking forward to that. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it should, it should be released in the next here in the next couple of months. For sure. Okay, fantastic. Are you going to do an audible version by any chance? Definitely going to work on it. I'm definitely going to work. I think I, I want to, and I can. So I, that's the plan, definitely. See, you might be a great blogger, but I think your words are more powerful. And maybe that's because yeah. you're a natural hip-hop artist and you're a motivational speaker. But I would love to hear you narrate that because even that's like what I'm you, thinking about yeah exactly right. I mean I can try and spit your lyrics but it's going to sound absolutely awful <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely yeah I told I told Mark I said you're ready we're going to do we're going to do the book you know we're going to do the book so I love that and now then so things are working well for you you're in a very very good space and I'm glad and long may that continue for you in terms of all your success but what actually scares you right this moment Freddie uh, you know I think what scares me is the you know I try not to operate in fear, you know, and just to be honest with you, I, I think I've been scared so much in my life. I try not to operate in fear and I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I understand that when you, when you achieve so much, so many successes, there's a potential for something that may not be as successful to come your way. And I think it might startle me or alarm me, but I feel like I'm like, I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is all part of it. This is all part of it. So I don't know that I necessarily have a fear. I think I just try to prepare myself every day to to be prepared for whatever may may come. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if again, I think it still comes back to if you if you plan and you prepare, you never have to be scared. You know what I mean? You never have to fear. And that's what I'm trying to that's what I try to do. Try to. So, Freddie, we are actually now into the fun part of the show, and this is a 60 to 90 second segment of the show where I'm going to ask you the most random questions. And it's just so the listeners get a flavor of you in terms of just your preferences, really, and give them a little bit more insight into the mind of Freddie. So, whenever you're ready, buddy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Profanity. The number one piece of advice for your kids Live your life on your own terms. What is your favorite movie? Sling Blade. 
Your favourite motivational speaker? Eric Thomas. Apart from Eric Thomas, because that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Zig Ziglar. Your favourite hobby? Playing fantasy football. Your top three favourite hip-hop artists of all time? Ooh, good. Run DMC. I'm going to go straight old school. Run DMC, LL Cool J, and Ice Cube. Good choices. And what about now? Who do you think's the best in the industry right now? Kendrick Lamar. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? Martin Luther King. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When? What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Coaching basketball. What would you like to be remembered for? Being an open book and my transparency helps other pe- helping other people transform and win. I love that. Your biggest goal this year? To share the stage with Eric Thomas. I'd love to see that. And finally, what song best describes your life? That would be one of my songs. I believe in you. Freddie, we're almost at the end of the show now, so just two more questions if I may. The next one's on reflection. So I always ask my guests this is knowing exactly what you know now with all your wisdom and all your experience and knowledge, if you could go back maybe to a younger Freddie, maybe six or seven years old, and just whisper something in his ear, what would you say? I would say do your relationship homework. And what I mean by that is is when you're dealing with people, whether it's romantic or whether it's business, Study the person that you're getting ready to deal with a little bit more. And sometimes you'll find that you you'll find that you're very compatible or that you're not very compatible. And I think for me, I would have found that a lot of the people that I that I gave my valuable time to, we weren't compatible. That's a beautiful lesson. And I'm sitting here nodding because I've just got a few people coming to my head. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna put them on loudspeaker, but I'm Say sure. No names. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm sure everyone listening could take that piece of advice. It's a very sound piece of advice because don't expect you from everyone else. And it's mm-hmm. about not judging that person because they're not you, but it's about finding your own connect, your own community basically. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love that answer. And finally, Freddie, this has been an absolute pleasure, by the way, but we're on the last question. This one's about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book. And this book is about the life of Freddie Fry and it's got everything in there, all the weird and wonderful things, all the lives that you've impacted. Firstly, what would the title of the book say? And secondly, what would the blurb, the summary at the back tell us about you? Book could be titled Make Every Day a Wednesday. Like it will be. (laughs) (laughs) And it it would say the journey of a young man who rose from zero to hero. Mm, mm. Genuinely as well. That's fantastic. And Freddie, just before we close the show and give you a chance and the listeners a chance to connect, what question should I have asked you or were there any questions that you wish I had asked you that maybe you want to give the audience? No, I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you. I received that. I've done my job well. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. You thank did. you. Thank you so much. And just on that note then, what's the best place people can connect with you and follow your journey? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on all social, me- social media uh, as Freddie Fry, F-R-E-D-D-Y, F-R-I. Uh, you can be Freddie Fry or Freddie Fry Motivation. I would love for any of your subscribers to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And you should be able to put Freddie Fry in and find it too. It's actually under uh, Mr. Player 1000, but Freddie Fry will get you there. Uh, Instagram, uh, if you get a chance and you're on Facebook, join my Wednesday family. It's a, it's a group of overcomers and survivors, and, and we're just there to support each other. It's a judgment-free zone, and we're just trying to help each and every person that, 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 enters, uh, that joins that group win. And so... Freddie Fry, just Freddie Fry. And then, of course, for the music, it's Player 1000, P-L-A-Y-Y-A, 
1,000, the numbers, I mean, and get on out there. We have an album called Keep It 1,000, called Cover Me, I'm Going In, you know, and it's just different. It's just songs. You know, I got a tribute song I did to my mama. It's called Mama. Mm. I mean, it's just lots of powerful stuff out there. But at the end of the day, anything that you hear from me is 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 going to give you some meat for your meat for your for your soul. It's going to help you overcome something. It's 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 gonna help you overcome something that you may be facing. Absolutely. I love that. And that's literally the premise of this show is to help people overcome their adversities and their moments in life. I wanna definitely urge people to check out all these links. What I'm gonna do to make everyone's life easy is do some stalking, some more stalking on Freddie. I'm going to put every single link that I can find of him, links to his music, links to his Instagram, links to his Facebook. I think that community, the Wednesday family, is going to be a community that we can all 100% benefit from. It's having like-minded people, and that's what I want my listeners to be a part of. I have no problem sharing people that I truly believe in. Hold on a second. Yes, sir. I don't think it would be right if I didn't go out with a, with a verse. I don't think it would be right to end this podcast if I didn't spit one more verse. Let's do if it. I got a second. Let's do it. No, I got a second. Drop. You got a second. Absolutely. Let's do it. Skipping to the money on some hopscotch. Was low level. Now we on some top notch. Topic trendsetter had to revamp. I was hiking with them slackers. Had to break camp. Catch me on your campus chasing capital. Dropping daily diamond tips are practical. Tactical, my tactics always tactful, impactful, was bashful. Now the place is packed full. And it's me and D Davis on the main stage. Remember, we was broken in that pain stage, but chose to self-assess and got uncomfortable. Back in the days when I was irresponsible. Epiphany happened, call it God's work. Now life is like the lot of watch them odds work in my favor, cause I made the choice to transform. Lord had plans for him, made it through the sandstorm. They wanna know. How I got through what I've been through. Tell him I was sinful with swindle. Any soda came in contact with my personal, but then I made that switch. And now my life is full and purposeful. They wonder why I say it's because I got a why. And that's the reason why this Wally vet is still the guy. I'm guided by the principles of success. And plus my mama watching over, so I stay blessed. Mm, now that's how I need every single one of my podcasts to finish. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love that. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.